0: Silozins and welcome to a very special episode of Wool Shift Dust, a Silo TV podcast.
1: And hello, the Lorehounds.
2: What a magnificent day. I hope everyone's going to enjoy <laughs> this bonus episode in your feed. And uh thanks for having us.
1: Today
0: I am joined, as you can see, not by Luke, but by the two master lorehounds themselves, David and John, uh, for a mid-season, well, just after mid-season. Roundtable on Silo, the Apple TV mystery box thriller based on one of my favorite series of books.
2: Thanks for having us, Alicia. I mean, I, I'm liking this show a lot. Uh, I'm glad that we get to chat with you about it for a little while, and uh, I'm really enjoying the podcast, so thanks. I'm honored to be on uh, Wool we'll Shift Dust.
1: Yeah, I'm, I've been itching as well to uh, talk about the show a little bit, and so I'm glad we could do this sort of crossover feed.
0: Uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to it. We've been talking about it, and I, I can't wait to... I've heard some of your thoughts in the Discord, but I'm really excited to hear your full thoughts on, you know, my baby, silent. <laughs> yes, So uh, for the listeners, during this episode, we're going to be keeping it short, not focusing on any episode in particular, but looking at the series so far as a whole. And keeping this very special episode very special, especially for anyone listening on the Lorehounds feed who might not have seen Silo yet, we're going to open with a quick spoiler-free round of discussion with our top-level impressions. After that, the usual spoiler rules are in effect. We'll be talking details of everything up to and including Episode 6, The Relic and the equivalent sections of Wool, the first book in the Silo series this show is based on, are also on the table. We'll give you a warning before we venture to the down deep where the spoilers are, though, like my usual co-host Luke, John and David have also not read the books, so we definitely won't be spoiling any of the future twists after episode six.
2: No, we haven't read the books. I uh, I may read them after this because I'm really liking it, and I um, have a hard time resisting joining the book reader crowd once I'm into something, so... We will see, but I'm I'm really excited to dive deeper into this story.
1: Yeah, and John will probably finish the all three books in about a day and a half, the way <laughs> no, <laughs> he
0: reads. No. I mean, these are books that make you want to do that. So,
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I totally didn't see this show coming. I did a whole ton of research at the beginning of the year or the end of last year to map out what was going to be on different things. So on our Lorehounds channel, we could figure out, you know, have some sense of what we were going to record. And I didn't see this anywhere in the main conversations around television. It was only um, I, I don't know, I guess it was just within the fandom of silo that it was right. that people were aware of it, but I didn't see it on any of the on variety, on playlist, on uh, premiere dates. None of those websites had this. So for me, it's like fresh out of the box. It's great.
0: Yeah. And for, yeah, for book fans, like a lot of us read it about a decade ago, and this show has been in production nearly as long. It's been going from, you know, different networks, different producers. And so it kind of snuck up on me that it was finally being released, I don't know, like six months later or something. It's like, well, I have to do something about this. I was so evangelical about the books when, um, you know, around the 2013 when uh, Dust, the final one came out.
1: Okay,
2: nice.
0: Um, But for anyone uh, who is new to Wool Shift Dust, the Lorehounds are the publisher of this podcast, and their feed is full of content just like this, deep dives into books, films, and popular television from Tolkien to Ted Lasso.
1: Yeah, we just wrapped up um, coverage of Barry, Ted Lasso, and uh, White House Plumbers. We decided to cover that because that was a sort of a standalone thing. Um, So that was a lot of content that we just uh, shoved out the door. And coming up, we've got stuff like Ahsoka. What else are we doing, John? Wheel of Time, obviously. Obviously,
0: um,
2: The whole deal. We're doing everything. We're not doing everything. <laughs> we're doing everything. You got a show, we're covering it.
1: You crazy, man. You're going to kill us. <laughs> we keep saying, oh, we got to slow down. We got to take it a little bit easier. And then more shows come out. And we're like, well, we have to cover it. We can't not cover it. I mean, it's
0: they keep saying peak television is peaked, but I don't know. It still seems to be coming hard and fast for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's for it's, sure. It's big.
0: Um, but about this TV show, uh, what what are your overall impressions of Silo? What were the things that you guys liked the most, or some
1: things you aren't, aren't sure about? John, you wanna? David, wanna oh, go first? Gosh, well, oh gosh. Oh wow. We're also. <laughs> <polite. laughs> oh,
2: after you, and after you, sir. Um,
1: as a podcaster of other content, books, and shows, and such. I'm really enjoying Silo because I don't have to do any work around it. I can just purely enjoy the aesthetics, the plots. I don't have to turn my quote unquote work brain on. I don't have to watch it several times. So from that aspect, I am definitely enjoying it. Um, I think the production values are wildly great. I cannot believe the degree that they have, um, built these sets and designed these costumes and these props and everything, the Barbican curve thing. I love it. It's everywhere. I'm so nerding out on that little yeah. uh, design flourish. Um, I think you pointed a couple uh, one of your listeners pointed that out. I love that. Um, the acting, it was a little bit, if in the character, you know, the actors, I was a little bit scratching my head but i'm i'm settling into it now i was a little bit skeptical of common um just because he's such a big presence and i was like oh is he gonna fit into this role because he's a really powerful actor yeah um and uh tim robbins i was like wow these are really big people and with big roles are they gonna overbalance the production um and they seem great they they're settling into the roles really nicely the mystery box elements are great they're paying them off that's a big uh concern I always have with mystery box shows right is how fat you know we got we all got well not all I, I shouldn't say all of us, but a lot of us were impacted by lost, right you know the right. the never ending mystery, and every solved element brought out five more that then they didn't always pay off uh very quickly, and so you were always on edge. And so I like it when if we're getting as long as we're getting clues or we're getting good payoffs and they seem to be doing that well at at a good pace. Um, and yeah, who doesn't love a uh, science fiction dystopia mystery box show? Yeah. So I'm, I'm having a good time.
0: And the benefit this has over Lost is that it it hasn't, you know, it's all been written. So all of the pe- things people are questioning, there are already existing answers. You know, it's not like exactly. Um, that was that kid's name, Walter, who just got too tall and we never saw him again.
1: Right. <laughs> oh, boy. And that's one of the great things about adapting books, things like The Expanse or, you know, we've been covering The Rings of Power and there's some drawbacks there. We talk a lot about what we call the shippy test. Mm-hmm. Do the television or movie adaptations, you know, keep within the core of what the, the story is doing, what, you know, originally was written? And so can you make adaptations that, that fit? And as far as I can tell, as obviously I'm not a book reader, everything is seamless to me, and it feels really good, and everything is making sense on screen, and it's making sense in the world. So it, it senses to me that they're making good choices, but you know, I, I, I'm not a book reader, so I can't validate that, but at least it feels natural to me.
0: Well, that's important that you know, even someone who hasn't read the books uh, comes in and it feels natural and it makes sense. Um, for book readers, yeah, there's obviously there's always two camps. There's the purists who are mad about every little change, and the people who are, <laughs> yeah. who are excited right. that you know, oh, I, I get to be surprised too. Yeah.
1: yeah, purists are gonna pure. So yeah, exactly. What, what can we do?
0: <laughs> and what about you, John? What are your overall impressions?
2: Yeah, you know, I picked up the show basically because you were covering it. I would not have started watching the show if there, if this podcast didn't exist.
1: Exactly. We're, we're here because... My work we- <laughs> is done.
2: And I, uh, yeah, and I turned it on and I intended to watch just the one episode for now. And I just had to watch both episodes because it was so good. And that surprised me because I think in the Rings of Power... I was talking to David about how sick I was of mystery boxes. Right. And how I just didn't need, you know, who's the stranger? Who's Halbrand? Who's this? You know, all these all these mystery boxes that don't pay off until the end of the season and they're not there's not these mini mystery box arcs like there are in something like Severance where I think that something that that you'll have these mini mystery box arcs where something will be revealed over time and That's what I'm seeing in this show is the latter is the more positive mystery box show where, as David was saying, you're rewarded for your investment and you are not left pondering for episodes and episodes and 24 episode seasons to figure out why there's a polar bear on the island. (laughs) And yeah, so I mean, I'm just enamored with it on that point. Um, Rebecca Ferguson's American accent aside, (laughs) uh, she's doing an amazing job. Right uh i think the rest of the cast is doing really great i uh, love to see jorah mormont back in action
0: more of him next week
2: yeah oh oh, good I'm i'm having a blast with it and like david said i'm really enjoying watching as just a viewer and a listener to a podcast instead of a person who has to analyze it on a weekly basis right. so thank you for taking that off our plate for sure
1: totally <laughs> glad you were there to scoop this one up alicia and we're so glad that. I mean, you were, you've been, you were a great contributor and uh, it's just really been great to uh, be able to interact with you on this stuff. And now we've got MCU things going on and we've got this. So it's been really fun for us to uh, widen our community and and have you come in. It's really great to see you jump in and grab this podcast and really run with it. So. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, um, Yeah. It's something that uh, I'm passionate about. And I think one of the things that you know translates well from the books to the screen that, even though it's done differently is it's it's about the characters in the end. It's like there is the mystery box. there are all of the mystery elements, but the reason why it hurts so badly when certain characters die is because you become attached to them so quickly
1: right right and
0: so these are characters who have sat in my head for like a decade, so i I almost had no choice but to do this,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy that. Well, no, now we have to save it for the spoiler section. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: all right. Well, before we go jump into spoilers, I just want to ask as newbies to the show to this uh story, to whom would you recommend this show?
2: Uh, the begrudged lost fan,
1: okay. for sure. Uh, fans of Severance, <laughs> I yeah, think would uh,
2: would really like this. Fans of Westworld would really like this, especially Westworld, early Westworld. Yeah, I think it's early Westworld it's of that sure. kind of quality and the soundtrack sounds like Westworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. uh to yeah, I the mean, it, it's just, yeah, the opening the opening credits I, I,
1: sequence I, is very Westworldy.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I yeah, I mean, I I think that the drama's there. Uh, it's it's charming in its small moments, and I think so. If you're into like a character development show, I think that that's there here. Uh, yeah, I would I would I would recommend it to anybody really. But I think those are sort of the uh, the markers there.
1: Chernobyl. Uh, right. Chernobyl is great. I yeah. think Luke, your yeah. co-host, uh, your regular co-host, had even suggested that you know the color uh, grading that they're doing reads very, very Chernobyl as well. Yeah, I don't think you have to be into sci-fi. A sci-fi yeah. person, like you said, because it's character forward, the sci-fi element can uh, just be a, a contextual aspect of it because it is about political power. It's about um, a society, a very... What if we took a society and we contained it this way? How would that work and and the world building that they're doing with that? So I think anybody who's interested in character and character drama could enjoy the show without any problem at all. Um, right. And then the sci-fi stuff is sort of on the side. I mean, the you know, last of us fans could enjoy it. Yeah. Fans fans, game of Thrones, but well, these are all our core listeners anyway. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I mean, the, the last of us fans have their hearts hardened enough for the first few episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, I I hope that anyone who's considering whether or not to watch it feels like they have enough information. If not uh, jump into the Lorehounds discord silo channel, ask away your questions uh, link in the show notes but for now, we are going to jump into the spoiler section. Mm-hmm. We're going to start talking freely. So if you don't want to know what's happened in the last six episodes, uh, now's your time to check out. All right. For those of you who are left, it's time to get into the gritty silo details. Um, so yeah, you, you guys already gave a little love to the production design. Um, what do you think of the world building within the silo? Does that strike you as convincing and cohesive?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I I mean, it feels like a lived culture. I liked the, the day of, what was it? Day of forgiveness. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I liked that. I liked, you know, this, this whole, like the, the process of approving the uh, birth in the first or the, the, I, I, I almost want to say breeding because that's how they're treating it. You know, they
0: call it the lottery. Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah, The lottery. Uh, it's it's pretty gross, but yeah. the what what really is shocking about that is how everyone's congratulating them on the way that everybody knows, right? And it just really portrays right away there is no privacy in this silo, and it's not just a government surveillance thing; it's just this non expectation of privacy,
0: right? Yeah,
2: and that that immediately struck me. Um, the desperation of down below has been very clear uh the sort of classism has been very apparent in subtle ways like the oh what do you eat down there Ch- children yeah. <laughs> or yeah it, it's it's great it's it's great at showing not telling what yeah. the society is like agreed
1: yeah yeah i love uh all these little things like the runners you mm-hmm. know porters, uh, how do you yeah. Get, yeah the porters that's it sorry uh, how you uh, get messages around? Where's email? I mean, they have computers. So they have a network. Yeah. <laughs> so, so
0: in in the books, um, there are, is email, but it's expensive. So it's less expensive to use a porter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I love uh, the barbican bevel uh, as we you know talked about. Uh, I I really love yeah. uh, that level of production design. But I think it's an interesting question to say here is a society. It has a certain amount of resource. Uh, consumption. And there's a certain carrying capacity for this ecosystem. And um, so there's these real hard constraints. You know, I, what's the birth rate? I think like 10,000 plus or minus a few hundred at any given right. time, I would guess. Um, I think they so, try
0: to keep it pretty strictly 10,000.
1: Right. Uh, I mean, you're going to have fluctuations because of you know, the way- human But that's what the lottery for. Yeah. Right. In- exactly. But yeah. then, you know, you, oh, what if you get twins or, you know, uh, what if suddenly there's an industrial accident and it wipes out yeah. 50 people, right? So you're going to have this, this fluctuate. that's all well within norms. Um, but I think it's an interesting question. And and I, I think a lot of people have compared the show to Snowpiercer as well right. on the train with classes and stuff. Uh, I, I think I saw the movie. I, I don't, I didn't watch any of the television shows, but uh, so I think it's a, a really interesting conundrum. It's a really interesting question how do you structure society how do you have a free society within these ecological constraints which i think is a very relevant thing that we're facing on our planet because our planet has a you know carrying capacity to a degree we can do a lot with technology but there's always these trade-offs and impacts and uh, so condensing it down and and then building it in this silo this vertical stack i think is very innovative and very interesting, you know, whereas we might go with a dome or a bubble for whatever reason, they decided to do it with this drilling thing. And I think it's, uh, I I think it's really unique and, and designed and well thought it makes me think of Dune, uh, Mm. or the expanse where the writers, or even, even Martin G.R. Uh, Gurm himself, (laughs) you know, and Tolkien obviously going back to our, our roots, the the depth and complexity and how much the author has thought through these questions and then put that into words is great and i love to see that level of care and detail um and to be able to translate that to screen is uh it's a real joy to to participate in that way to watch
0: yeah yeah and uh you already talked also about the the music um icelandic composer i seem to love icelandic composers <laughs> Atli erferson um, and yeah, the cinematography, there's been a, a few different people working on it, but I think like the stairs especially just lend themselves so well to just the swooping camera and just showing like the different striations of levels of life in the in
1: the silo. I was surprised that they didn't have safety nets for stuff getting dropped down the sides. I was like, wait a minute, why, why <laughs> wouldn't you have some sort of safety things? But yeah, the stairs are a very cool design feature.
2: Well, because judicial needs some somewhere to dispose of people. Exactly. That's why they don't have safety nets. <laughs> Ouch.
0: How are people going to accidentally, uh, suddenly commit suicide at, in inappropriate right. times?
2: We're talking about the White House plumbers, but these are the silo plumbers. You know, they are. They are just sending people down, uh, going into the janitorial closet and uh, figuring out what they need to do. I guess. So,
0: wh- what do you think's in the janitorial closet, John?
2: I mean, I assumed it was what we saw at the end of last episode with okay. the surveillance but
1: I could be wrong. Which was such, le- I, I got such hard lost vibes from that uh, end of episode six. Oh yeah. That, that, the others. Yeah. yeah. That really, <laughs> really connected me to, to that. Um, but I'm glad that's where I was saying before. I'm glad that there are, they're paying off these mysteries. They could have played the janitor's closet for the entire season and maybe teased us at the end, but they didn't, they gave it, they gave it to us in the next episode, which then opens up a bunch of more questions. And I really like that, pay me off and then set up the next stuff. And so I was really happy to see that there is this sort of, um, not happy to see that there are people observing, (laughs) you know, Right. but I'm really happy to see that the the mystery was paid off
0: quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're really messing with book readers too, with this too. Uh, because I mean, with a few different things, like for, for example, well, I mentioned it in the podcast, but when they did the fake out with with uh, Marnes hanging himself, but it was actually a punching bag. Oh, right. Uh, that was that was specifically to mess with book readers, especially. And then <laughs> with this screen, you know, this room full of screens. Um, yeah, there's a lot of us that thought that it might be something from another book. And Hugh Howie's going around online saying, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not what you think it is. Hmm. So yeah, so my mind's imploding too.
2: Howie's been on Twitter a lot too, commenting on changes in the show, which has been appreciated. I think I noticed, and I think you mentioned this on your podcast—the whole change of the stair material, so that and the stair width, so that it was easier for film, and so that you could actually hear things when people spoke instead of hearing metal stairs. Uh, so I, I really do appreciate how transparent he's been. It's like having J.R.R. Tolkien tweeting about the rings of power. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. No. It's it's great that he's um that he's always so he you know open to talking about things. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, who are your favorite characters in the show right now?
2: David. Oh, I was my, David's not my favorite character. I'm just, I'm just opening <laughs> yeah, it up for what? You just David. broke
1: my heart, John. I, I thought I was <laughs> your... Am I at least your favorite podcaster? Um, I am really intrigued by this. It's, it's less the character thing and what the character represents. So, so Tim Robbins, Bernard is, you know, he's head of it, but now he's head of the civilian administration. Um, common being, what what is this sort of, I, I think he's even playing at a level that the judge doesn't know. So I think that's really interesting. Um, because are the janitors part of judicial or are they extra judicial in, in that regard? I think Ian Glenn, his performance is a little bit funky is, yeah. is, is, is that it work is a little bit off. Um, Rebecca Ferguson. I don't, I, she was in Dune, right? She was. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't. And, and Mission Impossible is the
0: other one, uh, she's really famous for and Dr. Okay. Sleep.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm not a big Mission Impossible uh, no, me neither. watcher and Dune I've got a lot of thoughts and feelings about Dune and um it's not that she didn't do a bad job but I didn't think she was the right person to play Jessica but that's just my opinion. Um, For me
0: it's not about her it's about the way Jessica was written but
1: yeah. I agreed and I don't I don't want to go down the Dune yeah, <laughs> the no. Dune track. We'll cover Dune in, in when the movie comes out. We'll we'll definitely get into this uh, then. That said, so I haven't been a, a, I haven't seen a lot of Rebecca Ferguson's work. And so I was like, "Mm, okay. And by episode six, I'm really enjoying her range of acting and what she's doing. Um, I thought it was a little strange to, yeah, to have a mechanic from the down deep come up and be the sheriff. But they showed me something about her character, which I think makes it work for me that she's the sheriff. There's at one point she's feeling the vibrations of the turbine fan Right. and she knows, or she's somewhere, she hears something or she, you know, her spidey senses tingle and she's like, Whoa, something's wrong. And she's, you know, feeling the vibration. So I love that she, they're setting her up to be this person who has this almost extrasensory perception. And if she can apply that to human beings and to human societies and she can sort of feel her way into where in the silo things are broken, where that fan blade is broken and warped and bent and get in there and repair that, then she can, she can do her job as sheriff as such. And so um, I was a little bit, I'm going to watch and wait and see. And I'm really becoming more sold each and every episode with what they're doing with her character.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you described it that way, because that's pretty much exactly the way that she describes it in when it's told from her perspective in the books. Uh-huh. You know, that's that's basically how she looks at the world and how she looks at her new role as sheriff. She's like, you know, it's still like a mechanical job. I still have to find where's the wonky bit and how can I get it back into shape? Um in yeah. more technical terms hmm. and
1: i had problems with the way that they did the f- turbine fan repair i think that was the weakest i'm not alum. mechanical enough <laughs> well yeah. i
2: did not care about any kind of discrepancy yeah. okay it looked awesome <laughs> david <laughs> get which, off your hey, high horse he, hey. get out of alan seppenwald's no, 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 domain no, no. <laughs> and come oh, yeah. enjoy I'm it fine, I'm with fine. Your jammies on
1: yeah, anyway, outside of that one little uh quibble I have with with that, I think that they did a really good job of showing us who Juliet is rather than telling us. Um and they did it in the storytelling with the way that she wants to repair things and all that stuff. So I I really get who she is and they did a good job showing and telling me um why she ended up in this position.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's good to hear.
2: Yeah. Hard to pick a better character than Juliet. I mean, she's the most fleshed out. She's got the most layers, you know, this outward gruffness, this internal vulnerability that she does a great job playing on her face and with her interactions with her not mom, um, who is apparently everybody's mom on every show on right now. Ted Lasso, Succession, everything. Uh, You know, I, I, I think that she is certainly the most complex character on the show. Like you said, David, this transition, this sort of using your your skills from your previous job to go to your new job is a really interesting and sort of almost relatable thing to look at is is sort of crossing worlds and then being forced to apply skills that you learned completely out of context in a new one. And uh, I, I think watching her navigate being a fish out of water, watching her sort of wonder if she should even be doing that has been really enjoyable. If we're going to pick another most favorite character, probably uh, Paul Billings, because he's the most interesting to me in that I can't get a read on him. Right. And he, he's almost a Ned Stark figure where his adherence to the rules is going and to like honor is going to get him killed. (laughs) I just know it. He's just going to die because of this. And,
1: uh, Oh, you're putting a wager down.
0: Except that he didn't turn himself in. So he broke the rules.
2: mm, True. He did. He did. And, uh, Ned Stark didn't tell his wife a secret, so uh right. maybe he, he broke some rules too, uh, in the name of honor. Yeah. And in the name so of So you duty. uh
1: putting a bet down, are you putting a wager down there? Some internet points, John?
2: Oh, Billings dies Ooh. before the end of the series. I don't know if it's by the end of the, okay. the season. And I could be totally wrong, but you know what? I've made wilder yeah. predictions before.
1: Wait, what do you
0: guys think the syndrome is?
2: Um I don't know. It's it's so it's basically the only symptom we have right now is basically like having shaking movements right
0: yeah well there's there was a sign that um that popped up in mechanical that had like you know it's about shaking and there's like paranoia right which is kind of funny because everyone should be way more paranoid than they are like actually like Gloria <laughs> yeah. and Regina yeah. are the only logical characters <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I think you and Luke talked about the syndrome a little bit too in your last podcast right. so
0: yeah. yeah yeah we did and I read out the sign there I don't have it in front of me right now but um yeah it's I mean it's very vague so people online are going crazy. Is it tetanus is it an STD is it Parkinson's? is it you know just psychological
2: maybe it's just anxiety yeah. maybe everybody's just just really nervous about this stuff because they're trapped in a silo and I wouldn't blame them for having shaky anxiety for living in a silo <laughs> yeah um, not to diminish anxiety it's a it's a terrible thing to live with it's it's just maybe it is anxiety maybe this is a, a psychological. Maybe a psychiatric condition where people are are sort of manifesting physically what's going on. Yeah, and anxiety doesn't make sense. It
0: can can express in different ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering if it's not something to do with the an environmental condition or a a lack of something or an addition of something. Mm -hmm. There, you know, sun I mean our our bodies are designed to receive sunlight. Um, you know, the the types of uh, minerals that the micronutrients that we get from our crops. So, is it something that's in the water or the air, or not in the water or in the air? Maybe, maybe there's some sort of deficiency there. Um, so, uh, it, you know, that's that's then leading to the neurological conditions. I don't know. That's just off the top yeah, of my head. No, that's. I mean, that's that's valid, and uh,
0: I mean, I I do notice that in some ways they are um, kind of adding a little. More rigor to certain areas of the science, um, like for instance, they changed the the fuel that's used in the generator, and yeah, I understand why they did that. And um, after speaking to a ge- geologist, and it's yeah, definitely done for to m- adhere more scientifically to the realities of the world in which the silos actually set. Once you get all the answers, right?
1: Um, and then they have to make choices for television that makes sense. So that's that's where we get into right. the Tom Shippy uh thing. He wrote a very he gave a very famous lecture about analyzing the Tolkien uh the Lord of the Rings movies versus the books and do things comport and how do they line up? And so we just sort of call it the shippy test. So yeah, and there's a lot of things that you have to do, uh a lot of compromises to make um to make a on screen representation work and make sense. Yeah. So I, I have a question for you. There are they've mentioned I think a couple of times that there are mines and that if you get in trouble there's some, is that a thing you can be like on a mining detail like a prison crew type thing um yeah so uh, we do talk about this a bit more
0: in the episode uh, six breakdown that's going to come out right before this one um Okay cool yeah but basically basically it's something like that and I think they've actually even expanded on it more than like the minds were more of a useful setting in the book than them really getting into the punishment system, although they do refer to it. So I think we're actually going to maybe see more in the show about it than we got from the books on that. front. Okay. Cool. Hmm. So yeah, it's. I like that. Yeah. They've been using, taking the opportunity to flesh it out a bit more. Cause at first I thought it was going to be one season, one book, and that was going to work fine except for the fact that, um, yeah. And the the second book's a, a kind of prequel book. So you, would have different characters. So I think they're going to have to end up weaving that together with the other books. Um, But yeah, now they're actually doing half a season with this and they're just kind of taking their time more to flesh out the world, to show us more, like make the silo feel more lived in, make it feel like there's more of this community of people who sometimes know each other, sometimes uh, don't. And yeah, we see all these. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely something for TV. All these like festival days. You oh, know?
1: Yeah. you know, an, another show yeah. that this reminds yeah. me of uh, is Battlestar Galactica. Right? Instead, they were in space on ships, but they had you had a contained ecosystem to a degree and and a, and a limited society. And yeah, it makes me think of that and certain festival days and having a criminal underworld and how do you manage crime and punishment and all that kind of stuff.
2: A festival day is like one of the most common expositive techniques that people use when building a sci-fi or fantasy world is just, it sort of shows you the culture of everybody. It gets everybody in the same room. Yeah. It can create an inciting event. It's so, it's so commonly used these days. Look at Wheel of Time. Yeah, exactly. Look at uh, the Lord of the Rings with Bilbo's birthday, you know, it's. Right.
0: Yeah, and it's all, I mean, not even just sci-fi, but, you know, if you watch, like, a high school um, comedy, whatever, there's going to be a lot of proms and, yeah.
2: Right, homecoming and...
0: Yeah, reasons to get the characters together and a little looser. Although, it's interesting with Silo, we don't really see any of our main characters actually ever enjoying the festival. They're always just kind of working through it. Right. Oh, that's true.
2: Nobody gets a day (laughs) off in the Silo.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so Juliet, you know, she's used to... Basically work, sleep, work, sleep, eat. Um, up top though, you know, those are those nine to fivers, lazy bones. <laughs> <Christy life. laughs> um, I have a question. Where do you guys think the silo is?
1: You mean located? On Ooh. assuming that it's on our earth? I mean you okay. never <laughs> all right, all right. feel are valid. I Ooh. haven't I haven't actually thought about that. I guess. That's an interesting question. I guess my just assumption was that it's on Earth, and at some point, um, mm-hmm. it seems very Earth-like. Okay, we have uh, gravity, right? We have everyone
2: has an American accent, <laughs> ostensibly. <laughs> oh, there you
1: go. Yeah, uh, we have crops. Yeah, we have we have you know things growing up, you know, down the roots are down and they go up, you know. So, um, right uh, yeah, I, I don't, um, I didn't have a sense other than that. So I don't know. I haven't really thought beyond that. Okay. All right. John, I would
2: say somewhere in the North, Northern U S Why? Like it could be, it could be California. I, I think more likely the Northeast because of the trees that we saw, it just seemed, it just seemed more Northeast forest to me, Uh, on the the monitor. And, and when they went out, I mean, I guess Mm -hmm. we don't know what what was real or not with that vision, but yeah, uh, that Holston had, but yeah, I guess, I guess those could be northeastern trees, and maybe I'm just talking at my rear end, but for now, I'm gonna say that it's the northeast, okay?
0: All right, um, and what do you guys think of the the relics that they found?
1: Those are a great show. I mean,
0: obviously, we're all horrified, yeah, <laughs> we're horrified by the past. I loved
1: you know, I, that's one thing that's fun being a, a podcaster or into your television, is uh, you know, you go and Hey, well, what's the story behind Pez? Obviously, I grew up with Pez, right. um, and uh, I never knew the history of Pez. No. So I went and watched a YouTube video about it and posted it in our Discord. And,
0: yeah, I learned a lot. Um,
1: it was a lot of fun. it was fun to see people. Are, or Luke was like, "What's a pet? What yeah. is this thing?" And it's like, "Oh, great!" So I think the the overall uh, relics are a great plot device and an interesting way to have some fun in the show and to build the mystery box component. And especially if it's a it's a handy cam, it's a Pez dispenser. What do you mean you don't know what it is? It's like yeah. watching TikTok videos or Instagram reels where the youth of today are discovering things like cassette tapes or how to dial a rotary telephone. Right. You know, as a Gen Xer, I have a good laugh at some of that stuff. But hey, I'm I'm the one that's sooner out the door than the rest of these folks. So. Seeing right. the relics is uh, is fun for me in that regard. No. I, I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Okay. Two George related questions. Do you think the Gloria that they mentioned, who is his aunt? Do you think that's the same Gloria we saw in the first episode, who had the you know was telling Allison that they didn't want women like them to get pregnant? And the other question is, do you think George was named after that Georgia book that was given to Juliet? Yes, and yes. Okay.
2: Because this is a TV show and so no one will have the same name. And I guess the second one, yeah, I think if it's a family heirloom and it's that important, I think, you know, George, Georgia makes sense.
1: Yeah. Oh, where was that photo book from? Um, it was Georgia. It was Georgia. It was a, okay. yeah, it right. was a travel guide yeah, yeah, yeah. for uh, kids. For, That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I, I thought that was a really great example of Rebecca Ferguson's acting, just, you know, the way she was looking like her mind was being blown silently, but without (laughs) realizing somebody had laid the flowers down.
1: Yeah. And that was a great little detail that you had to sort of go back, which is a fun stuff of a show like this is, yeah. Cause I remember Holston at the beginning, moving the flowers intentionally. Right. Yeah. And I was, Hmm, what's that about? And then the flowers keep coming up. And then if you go back and rewatch that, you can see the flowers in the lower right-hand corner of the watchers TV screen. And it's like, oh, very, very nicely done.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you think Holston knew about, you know, the mirror?
1: Oof, no idea, yeah. Maybe he just,
2: he had intuition. He was being watched. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Maybe he was getting the syndrome.
1: No, I think he he knows. I think he discovered. You, you think he found I out I think somewhere? he found something out that, that was cluing him in.
0: Well, I wonder if he uh, looked into that hard drive from his wife, although he's not a computer person, so he wouldn't oh, yeah. need help.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm curious about the the mystery tunnel that was on the hard drive as well this lower level thing that was in the map yeah so obviously a big hook in there you know we haven't got there yet so yeah but you, the the drill right. thing was amazing that was a very cool piece of
0: yeah uh, that was so cool. i can't believe other people
1: right. don't know about that
0: yeah well it was behind it's, it was behind a wall and like i mean i thought I have to go back and watch this because I initially thought that George found out about it because of the blueprints, but then he mentioned in the last episode that Juliet showed it to him. I was like, what? Really? So I guess. Yeah.
1: Interesting. I know. I mean, I guess
0: she just spent a lot of, you know, her childhood was like down playing in the mines. Yeah. Right. Um, And what's your favorite theory for the answer to life, the universe and silo everything? John? Aliens. Aliens.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I I, I do think that somebody is still out there in charge of things. I don't think that they've died out. Uh, Clearly, a large part of the power structure is unaware of a -hmm. greater force based on uh, Johns and based on uh, all of the law enforcement, basically, besides judicial. I think judicial knows some of it, but I don't think they know all of it. I think uh, perhaps Judge Meadows is sort of the bridge between the powers that be and the governed. Uh, but yeah, I think I think maybe based on based on the images, I think maybe uh, Holston did die. Mm-hmm. And maybe he maybe he did. You know what I mean? Like, I like I just I can't even I can't even say definitively either way. Is uh, whether he died or not, but either way, somebody's keeping in there them in there for some reason. I don't think that this is just a self sufficient thing.
0: You're not sure whether you believe the green or the desolation as reality, right? Okay, okay. What about you, David? Do you think green or desolation is
1: real? You know, I'm I'm okay with not pursuing those questions for myself at this stage. Okay. Uh, I'm going to let the show uh, walk me through that. Okay. I'm going to pay attention and and see what, uh, what transpires. Um, I think what I'm paying attention to more right now is the different power centers. Mm-hmm. So we have civilian administration, we have the sheriffs who kind of keep the peace at the superficial level. Yeah. Judicial. What is judicial doing? You know, are the, is there that many crimes? Are there that many contracts and IP, you know, disputes going on? How much are they having to litigate and, and manage? So I'm wondering what, what judicial's doing. And then what are these janitors about? And are they separate? Are they an attached entity or are they a separate entity? What is IT's role in that? Because IT has to maintain and monitor these systems or, you know, or they would conceivably... So do they, would they not know about all these wires running around connected to all these cameras? And, you know, so now we have one power center, Bernard in charge of two power centers. You know, he's in charge of it and the civilian, the civil administration. So I'm kind of watching who is what I really think that Bernard is playing a very different game than we all think he's playing. Um, mm-hmm. I think Common obviously has some bigger secrets that he's holding on to. Uh, so I think he was, uh, I think Sims was a frenemy to Marnes, you know, like we're buddies. I'm yeah. keeping tabs on you.
0: Okay. So you, you agree with yeah, me? Yeah. A total that. frenemy situation. I'm like real Yeah. we are we'll, yeah, we'll have a drink okay.
1: and we'll talk and we'll, we'll, you know, shoot the shit, but yeah. I'm, I'm also doing it cause I'm watching you and, and I know you're kind of watching me. So I'm fronting some stuff. So, so yeah, I'm really into the you know, the dynamic, the political, the
0: interpersonal and I'm just going to let the show tell
1: me what it needs to tell me about. Obviously I clocked when the viewfinder reset and the whole stuff about stars, I'm just collecting that information right now. I don't have a a theory yet that I can derive. Okay.
0: All right. And, And John, what are your hopes for the rest of the season? What do you hope to find out or see or experience?
2: I think I need to at least know what the condition of outside is.
0: Okay. I hope
2: that that's not the end of the mystery box, you know? No. I hope that there's more to that, and I hope that that's, there is. that's only, like, one piece of the mystery. And so that is, I think, what would be satisfying to me if I know what happened to Holston and – what was, what was uh, his wife's name? Allison. 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 I feel ashamed because she was a great character. Mm. And uh, if I know what happened to them and I know what the condition is outside, I will be happy.
0: Okay. All right. Any last thoughts before we go?
1: No, uh, I just enjoying the show and and uh, excited to see what they do for us. I really am interested in, yeah, like I was saying before about the, how the political and then the is it aliens? Is it <laughs> economic ec, uh, environmental yeah. disaster? Is there is it a psychological experiment? I'm interested to see how from the bottom all these political and sociological questions get answered then by the sort of top down, you know, what and why are these people in there? So, oh, uh, one other thing I was going to say too, the, um, I think the, what is it? The revolution? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking the. The, uh, yeah, the rebellion. The rebellion. Thank you. That was it. I think the rebellion might be an apocryphal story and it might actually not be real. And they're using that uh, I think they're using that as a way to whitewash history in some way. So,
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's that sounds like uh, something that judicial especially would get up to, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. John, yeah. any last thoughts?
2: Yeah. Uh, I will add one more thing that I want to see by the end of the season is is at least who is behind the janitorial door. Okay. I don't yeah. need to know exactly what they're doing, but I need to know sort of what it looks like a little bit. Uh, and, and it, it almost could be, I'm going to spoil some severance right now, just a little bit. I almost, I would like something like the goats, you know, just like what is happening? (laughs) Rando. What is happening? You don't need to answer it for me, but just throw something in there that makes me go, what the heck is happening? Uh, I, and I think this show has it in it. So let's, let's hope for that.
0: Yeah. I, I have, um, I'm very excited. I think we've passed like the turning point where I think, yeah, the beginning is like this hook where you fall in love with these characters and then you lose them. Um, and then that's hard for people to cope with. And now, you know, and then there's that whole murder mystery element. And now we've reached a turning point where it's really, you know, I think it's full steam ahead to the finale. Uh, we have that mind blowing end to six. I think seven's going to build on that. And I have a good idea how this is going to end. And I think everyone's going to be screaming at their televisions. Nice. So I can't wait to experience it. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Very cool. I like the name of the next episode, too. It sounds like a cult. So Yeah, The Flame Keepers. Looks good. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, Wool Shift Dust will return with our regular coverage, breaking down Episode 7, uh, as John said, The Flame Keepers, in just a few days. Though you can always join us anytime on the Silo channel of the Lorehounds Discord to talk about the show and link in the show notes. Plus, the Lorehounds have lots to keep your ears busy while you wait. David, other lorehound Jean, not to be confused with John, and I are just about to record our MCU coverage of Across the Spider-Verse, which will be coming out this week as well.
1: So good. Hmm. So good. It was an amazing film.
0: Yeah. Best of the year, David? Uh, it's it's right. It,
1: if, if, I don't know what... There's some other things coming out. We've got Dune. We've got Oppenheimer. We've got a few other things. Yeah. So it's fun, definitely so in fun. the contender. It's it's definitely okay. right now it's in poll posi- it's in the number 1 position for sure.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. That's quite the endorsement. So I'm Huge. looking forward to hearing that podcast yeah. as I edit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and John what are some of the other Lorehounds episodes people should keep an eye out for right now?
2: Yeah, I think if you like this stuff, uh, you probably like some dense plots. Check out our similar Alien Stories, check out our uh, Earthsea coverage with Ursula K. Le Guin. Uh, with Marilyn Arpukila. Everybody's got a initial, middle initial. Maybe I should start using it's one. Uh, yeah, uh, uh I'm I'm John Geronicus Larkin. <laughs> um three middle
0: uh, initials. Uh, ooh.
2: <laughs> three Alicia middle.
0: Alicia Carly, initials. Selim and Brenner. Wow. Wow. I'm impressed.
1: Well, at least well, I, I was gonna say, you know, Coach Beard was impressive enough with his triple citizenship uh, in the final yeah. episode of Ted Lasso, but you have triple hashtag about goals. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, we've got a lot coming out, including a two and a half hour episode of Ted Lasso. I have to go edit after this. (laughs) We've got two live
1: watches. We're going to do a Studio Ghibli film on our Discord. uh, And then we've got our um, Star Wars Film Fest coming on. We're going to live watch those as well um, before we podcast about them. So we've got a lot going on. There's a community um, schedule on our Discord. There's a place where you can see all the things that we've got coming up for a month. So
0: Great. Yeah. And so you can find us all there. Um, you can also always find me on Twitter at Alicia CB.
2: Yeah. You can follow us at the lorehounds on Twitter You can go to the You can find our podcast. You can find your podcast, Alicia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all there. So check it out if you want more.
0: All right. Uh, well, thank you for joining us for this special edition of Wool Shift Dust, a Silo TV podcast. Uh, new to the show, then explore the full episodes and subscribe in your favorite podcasting platform to get the next episode as soon as it's released and a 5 star rating wherever you listen is always appreciated. We'd love for you to share this episode and podcast with any friends you think would be uh, should be watching and listening. After all, we are friends of the silo here. So don't <laughs> let us hear you say you want to go outside.